the hindu religion contrast with christianity of two old faiths essays on the religions of the hindus and the mohammedans by murray mitchell and william muir this librivox recording is in the public domain read by scientilla do tempudi dallas texas may 2018 the hindu religion contrast with christianity the immense difference between the hindu and christian religions has doubtless already frequently suggested itself to the reader it will not be necessary therefore to dwell on this topic at very great length the contrast forces itself upon us at every point when about 15 centuries bc the aryas were victoriously occupying the punjab and the israelites were escaping from the iron furnace of egypt if one had been asked which of the two races would probably rise to the highest conception of the divine and contribute most largely to the well-being of mankind the answer quite possibly might have been the aryas egypt with its brutish idolatries had corrupted the faith of the israelites and slavery had crushed all manliness out of them yet how wonderful has been their after history among ancient religions the top the old testament stands absolutely unique and in the fullness of time it blossomed into christianity how is a marvel to be explained we cannot account for it except by ascribing it to a divine election of the israelites and providential training intended to fit them to become the teachers of the world salvation is of the jews the contrast between the teachings of the bible and those of the hindu books is simply infinite the conception of a purely immaterial being infinite eternal and unchangeable which is that of the bible regarding god is entirely foreign to the hindu books their doctrine is various but in every case erroneous it is absolute pantheism or polytheism or an inconsistent blending of polytheism and pantheism or atheism equally striking is the contrast between christianity and hinduism as to the attributes of god according to the former he is omnipresent omnipotent possessed of every excellence holiness justice goodness truth according to the chief hindu philosophy the supreme is devoid of attributes devoid of consciousness according to the popular conception when the supreme becomes conscious he is developed into three gods who possess respectively the qualities of truth passion and darkness god is a spirit god is light god is love these sublime declarations have no counterparts in hindustan he is the father of spirits according to the bible according to hinduism the individual spirit is a portion of the divine even the common people firmly believe this everything is referred by hinduism to god as its immediate cause a christian is continually shocked by the hindus ascribing all sin to god as its source the adoration of god as a being possessed of every glorious excellence 
is earnestly commanded in the bible thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him only shalt thou serve in india the supreme is never worshipped but any one of the multitudinous gods may be so and in fact everything can be worshipped except god a maxim in the mouth of every hindu is the following where there is faith there is god believe the stone a god and it is so every sin being traced to god as its ultimate source the sense of personal guilt is very slight among hindus where it exists it is generally connected with ceremonial defilement or the breach of someone of the innumerable and meaningless rites of the religion how unlike in all this is the gospel the bible dwells with all possible earnestness on the evil of sin not of ceremonial but moral defilement the transgression of the divine law the eternal law of right how important a place in the christian system is held by atonement the great atonement made by the christ is unnecessary to say nor need we enlarge on the extraordinary power it exercises over the human heart at once filling it with contrition hatred of sin and overflowing joy we turn to hinduism alas we find that the earnest questionings and higher views of the ancient thinkers have in a great degree been ignored in later times sacrifice in its original form has passed away atonement is often spoken of but is only some paltry device or other such as eating the five products of the cow going on pilgrimage to some sacred shrine paying money to the priest or it may be some form of bodily penance such expedients leave no impression on the heart as to the true nature and essential evil of sin salvation in the christian system denotes deliverance not only from the punishment of sin but from its power implying a renovation of the moral nature the entire man is to be rectified in heart speech and behavior the perfection of the individual and through that the perfection of society are the objects aimed at and the consummation desired is the doing of the will of god on earth as it is done in heaven now of all this surely a magnificent ideal we find in hinduism no trace whatever christianity is emphatically a religion of hope hinduism may be designated a religion of despair the trials of life are many and great christianity bids us regard them as discipline from a father's hand and tells us that affliction rightly borne yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness to death the christian looks forward without fear to him it is a quiet sleep and the resurrection draws nigh then comes the beatific version of god glorified in soul and body the companion of angels and saints strong in immortal youth he will serve without let or hindrance the god and savior whom he loves to the hindu the trials of life are penal not remedial at death his soul passes into another body rightly every human soul 
animates in succession 84 lakhs of bodies the body of a human being or a beast or a bird or a fish or a plant or a stone according to desert this weary all but endless round of births fills the mind of a hindu with the greatest horror at last the soul is lost in god as a drop mingles with the ocean individual existence and consciousness then cease the thought it profoundly sorrowful that this is the cheerless fate of countless multitudes no wonder though the great tenet of hinduism is this existence is misery so much for the future of the individual regarding the future of the race hinduism speaks in equally cheerless terms its golden age lies in the immeasurably distant past and the further we recede from it the deeper must we plunge into sin and wretchedness true ages and ages hence the age of truth returns but it returns only to pass away again and torment us with the memory of lost purity and joy the experience of the universe is thus an eternal renovation of hope and disappointment in the struggle between good and evil there is no final triumph for the good we tread a fated eternal round from which there is no escape and alike the hero fights and the matter dies in vain it is remarkable that acute intellectual men as many of the hindu poets were should never have grappled with the problem of the divine government of the world equally notable in the unconcern of the veda as to the welfare and the future of even the aryan race but how sublime is the promise given to the abraham that in him and his seed all nations of the earth should be blessed renan has pointed with admiration to the confidence entertained at all times by the jew in a brilliant and happy future for mankind the ancient hindu cared not about the future of his neighbors and doubtless even the expression human race would have been unintelligible to him nor is there any pathos in the veda there is no deep sense of the sorrows of life max miller has affixed the aphasic transcendent to the hindu mind its bent was much more toward the metaphysical the mystical the incomprehensible than toward the moral and the practical hence endless subtleties more meaningless and unprofitable than ever occupied the mind of talmudist or schoolman of the middle ages but finally on this part of the subject the development of indian religion supplies a striking comment on the words of st paul the invisible things of god are clearly seen being understood from the things that are made but when they knew god they glorified him not as god neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened hinduism is deplorably deficient in power to raise and purify the human soul from having no high example of moral excellence its renowned sages were noted for irritability and selfishness great men at cursing and the gods for the most part were worse 
Need we say how gloriously rich the gospel is in having in the character of Christ the realized ideal of every possible excellence? Summa religionis est imitari quem callis. It is the sum of religion to imitate the being worshipped, or, as the Hindus express it, as is the deity, such is the devotee. Worship the God revealed in the Bible and you become God-like. The soul strives with divine aid to purify itself even as God is pure. But apply the principle to Hinduism. Alas, the pantheon is almost a pandemonium. Krishna, who in these days is the chief deity to at least a hundred millions of people, does not possess one elevated attribute. If... In the circumstances, society does not become a moral pest house. It is only because the people continue better than their religion. The human heart, though fallen, is not fiendish. It has still its purer instincts, and when the legends about abominable gods and goddesses are falling like mildew, these are still to some extent kept alive by the sweet influences of earth and sky and by the charities of family life. When the heart of woman is about to be swept into the abyss, her infant smile restores her to her better self. Thus, family life does not go to ruin, and so long as that anchor holds, society will not drift on the rocks that stand so perilously near. Still, the state of things is deplorably distressing. The doctrine of the Incarnation is of fundamental importance in Christianity. It seems almost profanation to compare it with the Hindu teaching regarding the avatars or descents of Vishnu. It is difficult to extract any meaning out of the three first manifestations when the God became in succession a fish, a boar and a tortoise. Of the great descents in Rama and Krishna, we have already spoken, the ninth avatara was that of Buddha, in which the deity descended for the purpose of deceiving men, making them deny the gods and leading them to destruction. So, blasphemous an idea may seem hardly possible, even for the bewildered mind of India, but this is doubtless the Brahmanical explanation of the rise and progress of Buddhism. It was fatal error, but inculcated by a divine being. Even the sickening tales of Krishna and his armors are less shocking than this. When we turn from such representations of divinity to the word made flesh, we seem to have escaped from the pestilential air of a charnel house to the sweet, pure breath of heaven. End of Contrast with Christianity